Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. We got Mary Sarah coming on. She's done some great things. Um, I think you're gonna like her. We got got a chance to talk to her a little bit before the show. She's a really great personality. So, Mary, are you here? I'm here. Hey. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I think Sandy's here too. Yes, I'm here. Hi. <clears throat> Yay! Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, she's she's putting our 18 months down, and she's kind of putting our 18 month old down for a nap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I'm I'm actually I'm 25 weeks pregnant right now, so I am almost. Oh wow! I'll be feeling that. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy, honestly, right now, especially with everything going on to be pregnant. I'm like, woo, just you know, it's oh, wow. first one too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so speaking of that, um, about what everything, I always like to start the show out the same way. Um, how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Yeah, I mean, it's. As far as the music industry, you know, I live I live in Nashville now. I originally I grew up in Texas and uh, was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But I live in Nashville now, and and just kind of it was wild to watch when it all started to happen that the industry just closed. I mean, just our industry completely closed down. And so as far as even not even if you think about like you think about independent artists, but also larger artists who are touring like mm-hmm. huge tours and everything, it affected not only the smaller, but even the bigger artists as well. And so it was, it was crazy to watch, you know, all of our shows got canceled. You can't, you know, they just recently started playing live again here in Nashville. Um, so yeah. it's just, you know, it's, and every place is different. Every state is different, you know, on their regulations and everything and how they go about it. And so I just, I mean, I just recently have been picking up on a couple of shows, but a lot of them are private shows um, still, you know, so it's, Slowly but surely we'll get there, I think, and um, things will pick up. But it definitely did. I mean, that we, as far as musicians here, we we saw a huge loss in um, in shows and dates. And so what I did to, I guess, compensate on that is, you know, a lot of us writers and stuff, we decided to use Zoom to write. Or <laughs> some people were willing to get in a room with, if they were six feet apart, you know. <laughs> um, so. You you did what you could, and um, so just creating music and still recording, um, I guess, during this time, um, I think, honestly, it's, it's stopped a lot of artists in their tracks to go like, oh, you know, I, I need to create some music and um, mm-hmm. have a little bit of that time and leeway to not feel like you have to be performing all the time, you know, because for me, it's a bit difficult when I'm constantly touring to kind of like relax and get into that like creative writing zone, um, mm-hmm. just because for me, more of the like performing is a little bit more on the business side. So I've kind of got to flip a switch a lot of the times. Um, and, you know, that's why people talk about going on little writer's retreats and things like that, because it does kind of yeah. take out of your own bubble of working and everything to go, okay, let me just relax and be creative. Um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's like for us, you know, um, when we first started the show this this year in January, um, our ultimate, our original goal was a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did that, we'd be ahead of the crowd because I don't, I don't know too many um, hosts that can say they've done a hundred interviews their first year. Now there are hosts that are doing a hundred interviews, but their first year. And yeah, so we amazing. thought, okay, that'd be a good goal to set and all that. And then COVID happens. Mm-hmm. And then I remember telling Sandy, you know what? This could be an opportunity for us. I was like, this could be our mm-hmm. time to shine. And let's just go yeah. all out. And because of that, we've done. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, we've done almost 230. Them. You know, we've almost done 200 or almost done 240 shows now. Right. Almost 240. That- that is absolutely incredible, and congratulations on that. That's just amazing. But well, that it, you're so well, right. I mean, right, artists are sitting at home, you know, and so, I mean, interviewing is a great time right now. Yeah. Now, granted, we have noticed it's getting harder to schedule now. I think people are starting to go back to work. They're starting to get out on the road a little bit again. So we're starting, we're, reali- we're starting to see that the bigger the artists now, the harder it is to book them now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, once, you know, I think if there's any opportunity at all, I think as artists, everyone's just itching to get back to what, you know, <laughs> the main thing that all of us love to do is to perform and, you know, and to get back in front of people and fans and connect again. Um, I know that when yeah. I go too long without performing, I, like, I, I don't even realize it myself, but sometimes my dad will look at me and be like, when's the last time you've done a show? Like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you need to get back on stage. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember, I guess about a month ago, maybe two months ago, but um, that um, Sandy was like, um, you need to, because I think we went like all four or five days with no interviews. And yeah, I yeah. guess I was getting a little grouchy a little bit, and she goes, go book some interviews. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, if it's your passion, you got to do it, and it fuels your fire. Because I just love talking to people. That's just me. <laughs> For sure. When I told my mom I had this today, she was like, you know, you do tell them you don't like talking, right? And I'm like, funny. <laughs> I guess you know, I guess that more hours on end about things. <laughs> That's funny. So um, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Ah, good question. Um, I, I, you know, right now it's funny because of the times right now, but I really am like such a people person and I love quality time. Like, I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. taken the five love languages, but my number one yeah. is quality time. So and both of ours. So just, yeah, say that again? Both of ours yeah, both, of, both of ours is. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, then there you go. You love each other right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so with friends, you know, just trying to get together and, as you know, regulations kind of lift and stuff, um, just being able to see people again, for me and spend that quality time together and to do things like the other day I went to um, my boyfriend went to go play um, flag football and just to go sit out on like a little uh, blanket outside and just hang out with my girlfriend Carly and Mm -hmm. just you know catch up and talk and uh, things like that and I love to paint outside of that too painting is one that I'm not I'm not like amazing at it already (laughs) but I do love going I'll go literally to like I feel like a little kid when I do it though I'll go show up to one of those like pottery places and I'll just be sitting there with like you know groups of like birthday parties for like a five-year-old and I'm over here just like painting (laughs) painting my way through it (laughs) so yeah I'm, I'm a very like outdoorsy person too so you know just getting maybe if it's hiking or I got a little a little puppy um, that mm-hmm. she loves to go on walks. So, you know, <laughs> do what you can right now. But things like that. Just, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of a lot of it is quality time, though, whether it's with family or friends. Most definitely. So, what would you say is something yeah. quirky about you? Oh man, <laughs> I. I oh, that's a that's a really good question. I I just. <laughs> I'd have to have someone else answer that for me because I feel like I'm just in general, like overall, a really quirky person. So, like, <laughs> I think some people might hesitate to like accept me for a minute because they're like, "Wow, she's kind of funny and <laughs> like weird in her uh-huh. own way." <laughs> but I do. I, you know I love to laugh. I love uh-huh. to laugh a lot, and I'm really not about drama or anything like that. So, to have fun and like. I don't know. I don't, let me let me if I think of something on through this interview, maybe something that sticks out as far as being super. You know what's but. funny about about what you just said about asking somebody. I remember we had a married duo on the show, and um, I asked that mm-hmm. question, and and the guy was like, "Oh, am I supposed to say what's quirky about her?" I was like, "Oh no, we're not going there." I was like, "What's quirky about you?" <laughs> I can tell you all the things that I can tell you the things that I'm like a little bit quirky. Like I leave, I have a terrible thing of like leaving lights on. And right now I leave like huh. all of our closet lights on. And my boyfriend's just like, babe, the light. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about lights, but he'll tell me a million times, but I just keep doing it. So there's something a little quirky. <laughs> So, 
tell everybody where you're originally from and a kind of a backstory, or a little bit of overview of you. Yeah, so I um, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, in a pink hospital. That's a little quirky already. <laughs> um, but I was raised in Texas um, in a small, about 40, 45 minutes southwest of Houston. Um, grew up there in I don't know, I was kind of like a normal, a regular kid. I really didn't get into music until, um, I want to say, 10 years old. And at that time, it was professionally. I had been, mm-hmm. you know, doing ice skating and just extracurricular things. And my sister picked up piano as just a fun extracurricular <laughs> activity. And uh, mm-hmm. she's a year and a half older than me. So I I always was like, oh, if Emily does it, I want to do it, you know, as the younger <laughs> sister. <laughs> So I was copying her. I'm sure, she, you know, eventually she got tired of that. But <laughs> but I picked up piano and um, started to sing. And so my first my first shows were like piano recitals. Um, I sang the Yellow Rose of Texas is my first oh, well. song in a piano recital. And um, and so jumped in kind of at an early age, I guess, but really didn't take it um, professionally until I was about. 12 years old, which still is very young. Um, yeah. But my, I jumped into vocal lessons um, after piano um, because my piano teacher recommended a vocal coach because I would sing along to things all the time too. And yeah. so he was like, well, I've got this great vocal coach. And I started taking lessons and he, he had been in the industry uh, prior to being a vocal coach. And so he knew a lot of people and, said, hey, you know what, I, um, I know this agent out in L.A., and I think, I think you should try to start auditioning for things. Um, and so I ended up, I, which is crazy, my mom and I ended up going out to L.A. and meeting with the agent out there. And I ended up, he ended up signing me and sends me this audition and this is the same this is the same trip the first trip that we take out there to meet him sign with him mm-hmm. it was like the day before we were supposed to leave um back home and i see this mm-hmm. email come through from him on my mom's phone and it is for kids bop and i read oh, this wow. like breakdown and it's yeah. like it's like oh going on tour for a year all these things that i'm like mom like, I want to do this so bad. And I, it took a little convincing because the audition was the next day. So we, we would have to move our flight and everything. And, and so mm-hmm. I convinced her. I said, just let me get the experience. Like, just let me get the experience of auditioning. Like, we don't have to go on tour. Like, I just want to try it out. And so, <laughs> so, I, uh, so I ended up auditioning. And I think it was about, we go, we, I auditioned. We end up going home. Um like two months passed by and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't think I got it. You know, it's whatever. But I, yeah. I asked my mom, I said, Hey, did you ever hear from my agent? And she goes, well, no, but let me call him real quick. And I kid you not calling that day. Like right then he said, I just got off the phone with the, um, with their agency and they want you to be on kids Bob. Like you got it. Oh, wow. And I was like, at that age, I literally screamed at the top of my lungs, dropped the phone, and was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Um, and so, you know, my family, I, I come from um, a Christian uh, family, and, and so I grew mm-hmm. up with the Lord in my life. So the thing about that was, is my, you know, I'm not the only kid in the family. So we had to spend about, we spent about two weeks, like, praying as a family, kind of going, is mm-hmm. this, like, the right thing to do? Because mm-hmm. it would take me and my mom leaving um, and, you know, luckily at the time we were able to find some spots where they could like meet us and come to the shows mm-hmm. and stuff. But it was, it wasn't just a, like effect. It wasn't affecting just my life. It was affecting all of yeah. our lives. So it was very, it was definitely mm-hmm. a family decision on that. And, um, yeah, it ended up being, um, six months and it was 48 cities across the East coast wow. and Midwest. Yeah, and it was, I mean, full live rock band from New York. We played theaters and arenas. Um, so it was definitely, I, I got a taste of what that is like. And I, honestly, that's where I really, you know, on the stage figured out mm-hmm. that, that I wanted to do this mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It, there was just such a natural passion and love for it and this natural adrenaline and 
in a way, natural drug that you get this natural high. Um, and I just remember I was 13 going, mom, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And, you know, I think if you were to talk to my mom, she would be like, she would be like, yeah, I really didn't know what to say to that. Cause at a 13 years old, you know, when your kid says, I'm going to do this for right. the rest of your life, you're like, huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So at 12, that was, 12 was really the age where it became professional. And then from then on out, it was, you know, we finished that tour um, and I came home. Well, actually, I think my mom and I ended up spending like two months in LA just doing like a little bit of the auditioning stuff more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. honestly, you know, I, at that age, I didn't understand, but it really isn't that, that world out there is really tough for young yeah. kids. It's, it's an adult world really. And you're throwing kids into it. And so my mom saw it's that for and she was like, you know what? Yeah, she's like, you know, we need to go home. Like, we need to go back to Texas. This isn't really the place we need to be. And at the time, I think I was really bummed out by it. But then I look back now, and I'm like, thank <laughs> God, she took me out of that place. <laughs> um, so, so then I ended up going back to Texas, and I jumped into um, singing traditional country music because it was really, at the time, it was, it was at that age, it was the only place um, – I could find a play, which was the Opry's in Texas, um, you know, because at 13, 14 years old, I'm not going to be playing bars um, yeah, exactly. around Texas. And so really the only place I had was the Opry's. And so I started, my dad was the one who kind of sat me down and said, hey, like, here's some, he showed me some Patsy Cline and he showed me some Loretta Lynn and <laughs> he showed me Connie Francis. And like, honestly, I've, absolutely fell in love with it I love singing that style um and that's really when I started to hone in on what I think like musically um the direction I wanted to go into um was just keeping more of that like traditional in I guess modern traditionalist is what I like to say um Mm -hmm. because I have the hints of keeping and and um paying respect to you know where country music has come from but also bringing a little bit of that new, a new sound. And I wouldn't say it's too yeah. pop or anything like that, um, but just kind of mixing the two. But that was the start of it, was realizing that country music was really where I wanted to be. And, um, and how did the voice come about? Music. Yeah, well, there was, there was a lot in between um, then and the voice that, so I had, I guess, they have like these talent scouts that they use. And mm-hmm. so they're constantly mm-hmm. looking for people. And so I had gotten an email. I was about, let's say 15. Um, and I had done a whole um, original record um, in Austin with a friend of ours. And that was my first time ever doing like original music too and songwriting, which mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. that 14, 15 years old was a little weird because I was like, how do I write a song? Yeah. What an idea. Yes. <laughs> you know, and like at at that age you're like writing about your little crushes and you know, on the record oh, it's called Crazy Good. It's actually yeah, it's out there and, and you know, some of the songs are called Dear Diary and one of the songs <laughs> is called Crazy Good. Like, you know, just, just really young young, uh, young ideas and super sweet. But um I had done that record and I think I think somebody had seen it and emailed from The Voice, and they just mm-hmm. said they kind of were a talent scout and would love for me to come in and and audition. And, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this could be amazing. <laughs> At the same time, I think my parents were like, we still want you to Uh-oh. be a kid. You know, we still want you to have those, like, yeah. kid experiences, you know, and go to high school and and, you know, have that. And so – my mom really sat me down and was like, is this really, you know, she's like, you have all the time in the world to go do a show like that. If you really think you're going to do it, do you really want to do it now? And, you know, we just kind of, a lot of the times when there was like big life choices, we'd all come together and talk about it and go, you know, is this really the right thing? Um, And so I, you know, I decided, I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I, let them know that and they were like okay well you know maybe the next 
round of auditions for the next season or, you know, every time they were kind of like, well, maybe the mm-hmm. next one, maybe the next one. And um, I declined that. And then we ended up actually someone reaching out um, online about a management company here in Nashville. And mm-hmm. we made a trip to Nashville, met with his management company and for a long time, my dad and I kind of came up with the idea of doing a record of classic country songs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just because people in the Opry's in Texas were always asking for the songs that I was singing from like Loretta to Tammy Wynette, like asking for me to do like a little, I don't know, tribute record in a way. And yeah. we thought, we kind of pitched it, I guess, to this management company and they were like, that's a great idea, um, but let's think a little bigger on that. And so <laughs> putting our two ideas together, she ended up introducing me to Kent Wells, who is Dolly Parton's producer. Oh, and wow. she thought, well, if you're going to do these classic songs, why don't we just get try to get the actual artist on, on the record with you? And, um, and so... So she introduced me to Kent Wells, and then she introduced me to Freddie Powers, who is a um, legendary, who was a legendary um, mm-hmm. jazz guitar player and songwriter. Wrote songs like "Chase Each Other Around the Room Tonight" and "Always Get Lucky oh, wow. with You" for Merle, and um, and so he he actually was at the time in stage four Parkinson's, and um, he, when I met him we kind of pitched the idea because he had a lot of connections too. He was actually the one to bring in Merle. He brought in Willie. He brought in Tanya, um, Lynn Mm -hmm. Anderson, um, all these people for this record that ended up turning out to be a, I think it's what, 13, 14 song record of duets with country music legends um, Mm -hmm. that we were able to do. So, you know, Kemp brought in Dolly and, uh, yeah, it, and that was I was the first person to cut with me was Dolly, and I was 15, and I was literally so scared. <laughs> 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 I was like, years old in the studio with well. Dolly Parton, shaking in the boots, literally. Like I'm like, what do I say? You know, you meet Dolly, and you're like, what do I say that she'll remember me? Or you know, yeah, <laughs> nervous and. But it was incredible, and so we we that record we ended up cutting. Um, it took about three and a half years to finish um, just to get, you know, Merle, he was always on the road. Willie was always on the road. Um, so, you know, it, it, we had to figure out timing-wise schedules. And so I was I was actually back and forth from 15 to 17, 17 years old. I was back and forth to Nashville. Um, wow. And I was also in high school, too. So I would come in on the weekends and I'd cut mm-hmm. and then I'd fly back home and go back to school. And, and uh, that's I like do, what I you do on the weekend. <laughs> exactly. And I, I remember going back to school and I'd be like, y'all, like, I'm like cutting in the rec and the studio with Dolly Parton, and no one would believe me. No one was believing me. And I was like, I don't know. How to- I, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm not joking. Like, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> so. We finished the record, though. I ended up moving to Nashville at 17, um, so during the record, just so we could finally, like, finish it off. Um, And then we ended up releasing it at 18. Um, And we did a whole grassroots radio tour with it. I ended up doing some shows with Willie. I did some shows with Merle. Um, And just kind of tried to promote it. I mean, independently, I wasn't signed to a record label either. Um, at the mm-hmm. time, and, which was crazy as well, too, and I think speaks yeah. a lot about, you know, these legends in country music. They really, they decided to do it out of the kindness of their hearts. Like, and I think wow. really, and the reason why we called it Bridges, and it took forever to name it, but that it just naturally ended up being that we thought, this is bridging a gap. It's bridging generations. You know, you've mm-hmm. got me at 15 years old mm-hmm. and Ray Price at 85 in a studio like <laughs> that's pretty crazy and so and so we ended up calling it Bridges and um and it was I mean it was amazing and so it was just kind of kind of wild and 
I look back at it now and I, you know, part of me thinks looking back at it, I'm like, I wish, I wish I would have been older at that time too, to really understand yeah. what was happening. I think mm-hmm. being, you know, 15, 16, 17, I, it, there was so many things going on and it almost like felt like it was all happening around me sometimes because, you know, I'm yeah. so young and don't yeah. understand, but looking back, I'm like, holy moly, like this record, I get to say I did. And it was the first one of its kind to be done. And like, it's going to last throughout history, um, you know, and we've already very, you know, sadly lost, you know, a couple people on the record. And, um, and so, you know, it, it, to me, it truly looking back, it's like, I'm so honored to even have been a part of something like that. And, to have and you know to get to show my kids that I got to do that and um you know so we we finished that record and toured with it and so then to bring back the voice they had been asking every year like during that record and I was I was super tempted because I still was like oh but what if I just go do it really quick you know Uh but my mom Uh always taught me finish what you start and so we had started that record and and I, and I was like, you're right. Okay. Um, but you know, in my head, I think as a kid, I'm like, well, what if I miss my chance? You know, they're asking now, what if I miss my chance? And, you know, I think, I think timing is everything. And it's really kind of like yeah. a thing where you have to like stop and go, you know, is this really the right time? Um, mm-hmm. And if it's meant to happen, it will, you know, I, I think early mm-hmm. on I had dreamt about doing a show like that. I had this odd mm-hmm. feeling that I would, and I just didn't know when. And I think sometimes yeah. we can take we can take things into our own hands a lot of the times and try to push it and, and make it happen. This the voice is one of those things where, you know, I could have and thank God honestly for the guidance of my parents, um, because I waited till I was twenty. Um, yeah. we had done all the touring and everything for the record and so I had I had finished everything. And uh and it was just kind of prime time. It was when I really felt like, I guess, the Lord was kind of like, hey, this is this is it. And, like, this is going to be the year that you do it. And so I uh, flew out to New York to audition because it was the last round of auditions. And uh, <laughs> so I had, missed, I had missed my chance in Nashville for that season. But I knew oh, that wow. I wanted to do it. So I flew out to New York and auditioned. And, um yeah, it ended up just working out. I mean, I really. So, what was that moment when you were walking out on that stage and you got the four chairs oh. turned backwards? What was going through your mind at that point? And then, what what did you think when the first chair turned? So, like I said before, I had kind of like dreamt that I was going to be <laughs> on the show. Yeah. And yes. This was this was early like early on when the show had first come out. I had this like weird feeling like I'm I think I'm gonna do that. It was with the voice like I had seen American Idol, I you know seen other yeah. shows, but it was with the voice that I had this just like weird feeling on the inside that one day I'd be doing it. And so when I dreamt it in my dream, I had a song which um, um, you'll know ended up being my blind audition song, but it was what I imagined singing. Um, mm-hmm for the show mm-hmm. and I had I remember having actual like dreams about it and be it like actually dreaming that I was standing on the stage with the chairs in front of me and singing where the boys are and then we get to you know fast forward to actually the blind audition they you know choose where the boys are for me for my song which that right off the bat was a confirmation from the Lord for me because you wow. know we end up sending a ton of songs to them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that we possibly might be able to do. And sure. I, when I had gotten that email that said, like, hey, we chose where the boys are for you, I literally, huh. like, dropped my knees and just started thanking the Lord and, like, crying. Wow. And I actually specifically remember both of my parents weren't answering the phone, and I was like, what is so important right now? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to tell them, because I had told them about the dream, and that that was mm-hmm. what I imagined singing and all these things. And so, um, so yeah, it was such a confirmation right then and there. And so when actually walking out on the stage, I, I, I literally felt like I was in a dream. 
it was the oddest yeah. feeling. I don't think I've ever felt it before, like before then, and I don't think I've felt since felt it now of feeling like in such like a euphoric state in a way that it was mm-hmm. like everything the dream, everything in the, that happened in the dream happened right in front of me. Wow. And it was just kind of like a bit eerie in a way because you're like, whoa, this is like, I've dreamt this before. <laughs> and, um, you know, when that first chair turned, honestly, mm-hmm. what happened in my head was, oh, my God, I only needed one. I'm good. Like, I made it. <laughs> I just needed one. <laughs> and, uh, and, to, and to get all four was very unexpected for me. I literally, I think my goal was just, you know, just to get one chair to turn and mm-hmm. like, and to, to make it on the mm-hmm. show and have that opportunity. And I think that's a, a lot of, you know, people's and like goal at least is, you know, Hey, at least just give me one chair and I know I'm good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I do, you know, I remember, so where the boys are, um, the reason why the song means so much to me is, um, during that Bridges record, it was it was actually right before we started cutting the Bridges record that I had the Oak Ridge Boys reach out to me. And this was out of the blue. Out of the mm-hmm. blue, tweeted me, and they were like, hey, we have a show um, in Galveston, which is about an hour away from where I live. And they were like, we'd love for you to come to the show and bring your family. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. First off, is this actually the Oak Ridge Boys? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know the Oak Ridge Boys tweeted <laughs> at that wow. time. So I, like, I was like, Dad, is it, like, can you verify this? Is this, is this them? And, um, and so it ended up being them. And they had, I guess they had seen, I had done a, I had done like a vocal competition and posted it on YouTube. Um, a few months back before that and they saw it and they just randomly reached out and they were like hey come to the show and so we get to the show with them in Galveston and we're sitting backstage um, having dinner with them before the show and Joe Bonsall looks at me and he goes hey uh, do you know anything acapella and I was like well, yeah. yeah, like I, I had been seeing where the boys are at in the Opry's for years. So, and I would sing it mm-hmm. acapella. Like if anybody asked me to sing, that would be my song. It just, I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I said, well, yeah, I do. And I thought, you know, I thought he was literally just asking me to sing right then and there for him. And he goes, he goes, no, 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 no. We, we actually want you to sing on the show with us tonight. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like a, like, you know, dog in headlights, like, going, wait, you want me to do what? Because, you know, they had, they didn't even hear me sing, like, live in front of them. They had only watched that video. But, yes, yeah. they were like, hey, we want to share our stage with you. Which, again, I think speaks so highly of legends in country music, that they want to help artists like me um, yeah. and independent artists and give them, you know, use their stage to also help us to have a stage. And so that song ended up, I've sang Where the Boys Are that night. Um, and I want to say it was like the 50th anniversary of Elvira too. Hmm. And of course oh, wow. Joe's like, yeah, of course Joe's like, so we're going to pull you out right after we sing Elvira. And I was like, you what? I have to follow Elvira? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like celebrating 50 years. Way to go, Joe! Thanks. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I call him. I call him by first name now because they're pretty much my uncles in the yeah. business, and like mm-hmm. have helped me since day one. And we still, you know, get to hang out and talk and everything. So, um, but yeah, that song where the boys are. That's where. That's where it really started to open doors in my life. So when wow. the voice came around, like I knew that that was the song that I wanted to sing, and I knew it like the back of my hand. And so when going into it, uh, when you're out at the voice, they give you vocal coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, my vocal coach, um, Tamara, she was like, so I know, she's like, you sing this song amazing. It's literally perfect. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> um, and, but she was like, I want you to, 
I want you to mess around with it a little bit and see if there's even like maybe a higher note you can add into it. And I got so nervous about it because I had sung this song a million <laughs> times. So I was like, why? You know, it's that saying like, why change something that already works, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And so in my head, I, I like talked to my parents about it too. I talked to my whole family. I'm like, what do you guys think? Like, should I switch it up? And to them too, they're like, you know, we're just so used to you singing it this way. And and so there was such a battle in my head because I was like, well, maybe she's right. Maybe I need to add a little something extra. And I could not decide. We had like a month before it was like I was like three weeks I would say before the actual blind audition that we got to like practice and everything, and mm-hmm. I couldn't decide the entire time whether I was going to do it or not. I had practiced it both ways, and I I just kind of was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have a a gut intuition about this. No nothing. I'm like I I'm really nervous to change it up because this is like a whole new experience and like. Why would you change something, especially with a new experience? You know, sometimes you make that choice, make poor choices, like before doing something new, and you're like, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I had been praying and praying about it, and it was literally 30, uh, 20 minutes before I had to go on to sing that I was like, you know what? I was like, I, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Okay. And, well, and I really, I felt like, I felt like the Lord was kind of like, y- you need to do it. And I just, I think I was like, I've learned a lot in life not to let fear run my decisions. And that was really yeah, the right. thing stopped me, mm-hmm. was being scared that it wouldn't work. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to be fearless. And like, I came here to, you know, really push myself and everything. And so I ended up doing the note. And this is another like, Jesus confirmation because um, when the last year to turn was Christina. So the first one was Adam Levine. Then it was kind of um, Pharrell and Blake Shelton at the same time. And then the last person to turn right at the end was Christina. And this note that I added was right at the end of the song. And so that what made her turned around. Yeah. She turned around and she literally Mm -hmm. said, she goes, I would have been a fool if I didn't turn around and like, because that last note you hit, like I would have been a fool if I didn't turn around on that. And I, in my head, I go, Oh my gosh, like that, that note just got me that four chair term. Like that extra note that I took a leap of faith to do got me that Mm -hmm. four chair term. And like, so just going like, okay, Lord, like I am like here and, and meant to be here. And this is like where I'm supposed to be. And you just keep showing me that. Um, you know, sign after sign, and it just kept continued that way through the season um, yeah. of getting to work with Blake and, you know, working with even the other contestants. I mean, everybody was so extremely talented, and I learned so much from them as well um, and grew such, you know, such friendships with those people yeah. too. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's one, of the, one of the bigger things I think a lot of us take away from the show is being yeah. able to have the friendships we do now through it. Wow. You know, we're going to take mm-hmm. a quick break. We're going to come back and play your song without you and talk about that. How's that sound? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Go 
love the song. Love it. Thank Great you. song. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I just honestly it just dawned on me that I sent you our my like live version of it. So that was <laughs> that was my live version of it. And so if anybody oh, wow. wants to hear like the actual production one, you can go on it's, it's online. But uh, you guys got exclusive live version of Without You. <laughs> there we go. So tell us a little about that. the song. Yeah, so uh, that that song I ended up releasing, gosh, I want to say, the voice ended, I want to say it was like, was it May? No, it was earlier than that, but I ended up coming back here to Nashville and getting to be in some amazing writer's rooms, and I wrote the song uh, with Bart Butler, um, Bart Butler, uh, Mike Walker, and David Garcia, three amazing writers here in town, and What's crazy is, like, I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that, like, life still, like, even when you're doing, like, pretty crazy things, like something like The Voice, like, life still <laughs> happens around you. Yeah. And things, yeah. you know, like, real life things do. And I, um, I, it was, what, I had three and a half years of a relationship. Um, I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend on The Voice. <laughs> Um, and yeah, yeah, it was, and for me, that was my longest relationship I'd ever had. Like I invested a lot of time and, um, just a a lot of myself into that relationship. And so it Mm -hmm. really, it was really sad. And even though I was the one to do the breaking up, it wasn't that I actually wanted it either. It was Mm -hmm. that I just wasn't getting what I was giving in return. And yeah. so yeah. with that, you know, it, when you're when you're constantly, like, giving of yourself to someone else, like, you eventually, if you're not getting anything back, you kind of eventually lose yourself. And that's, that's exactly what happened to me on, in that relationship. And so when that breakup happened, it, it was kind of, I was, I was sad, but I do remember specifically thinking, because I was on the show, And I remember praying over and over again. I'd broken up with him, and I was extremely sad about it. But at the same time, I just kind of was like, you know what, I deserve better. And I have this amazing opportunity in front of me. And you know what, I like, Lord, like, I don't want this to take any of my time. Like, I don't want it to take Mm -hmm. any of my thoughts, like, and so I prayed that night. I was like, Lord, do not let me love him, love him in the morning. And I said that over and over and over again that night that I broke up with him. And I woke up that next day, and I felt fine. I literally felt so, yeah. so great. And the uh-huh. Lord just, like, that was the fastest the Lord has ever answered my prayer was just that oh, night that I woke up that mm-hmm. morning, and I, I felt better. Not that I felt perfect or anything, but I definitely, yeah. I didn't let it, I didn't let it mess with, with me. Yeah, yeah, and and so, but it did, it still, there was still such a journey after that to finding myself again, and really finding, you know, that independent person that I was before him, and, you know, this song Without You, that, that was the turning moment, like, writing that song, and mm-hmm. going, you know what, like, I am better off without you, and I'm okay, like, I don't, I don't need somebody else to make me complete, you know? And yeah. it's just like that thing where you say, mm-hmm. like, healthy relationships happen when both people know who they are and know what they want. And, you know, they're not trying to compensate for one another and things like that. And and that was really the case. It was kind of like, you know what? Like, the next time I get into a relationship, I really, like, I'm, it taught me so much. And to look back, instead of being angry at somebody and just to kind of go look back and go, you know what? I learned a lot of lessons through this. And, um, yeah, without you is that song that was like, and, and that was oh, wow. the first song I'd released of my own, um, after years of doing music that really gotten to write and but really feel and have like an emotional attachment to, yeah. um, going, and and so it and and it's ended up helping. I mean, I get I still get messages from people all the time, like girl, like preach, <laughs> you know, I'm better off without him, and and all these yeah. things. But it is really true <laughs> on the fact that you know we can be independent people and be fine. Um, and it's just a blessing when you're able to find that other person who just 
meshes with you so well. Um, and yeah. you guys, you know, love each other enough to give give to one another um, without losing yourself and losing what you love to do and, and compromising too much, you know. Because mm-hmm. yeah, so. Sam, Sam and I next month will be married 18 years. In fact, it's, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, 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 on the 5th, and we go right, opposite compared to most most people because, um, you know, we've been a 24-7 couple almost the whole time. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, though. Congratulations on 18 years. Well, that is, that's amazing. Oh, and we've you. got, you know, we've got an 8-year-old and an 18-month-old little daughter and eight 8-year-old little boy. So, and you'll hear from him in a minute. But for, before he I will. bring yeah. him on, because you know, we always like to have yeah. him ask one question. But before I bring him mm-hmm. on, I always like to talk about um, the team. Because, you know, a lot of people, when they see the artist, they see the artist. They don't see the PR people, the producers, managers, or any mm-hmm. of that. And I don't feel yeah. they get no love. And I want to make sure mm-hmm. our show gives them the love they deserve. So if you want to take one or two minutes, just to tell us the team that makes you who you are. Yeah. Well, you know, first first and foremost, I would say the team that's supported me from the absolute day one is my family, um, from mm-hmm. my parents to my two brothers and sister. I mean, they they have just as much sacrifice in their life to let me go for my dreams um, and supported me in ways that I just am extremely thankful. And, you know, I hope, I hope they get to listen to this too, because I, I, maybe I don't say it often enough to them as well that, you know, like I really wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for them today. And, um, and so they're, they're definitely up there on that list of people who just don't get the credit and uh, that they really deserve because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a team effort. And, and so that, and, you know, there have been, there have been several people from the Oak Ridge Boys um, to Catherine Powers, who's Freddie Powers' wife, and, and people like that who've come along who are good with me, and, and they're the people that I can call on when I have a mm-hmm. question or and and will be honest with me and, and sometimes yeah. brutally honest where, you know, maybe I, it's not necessarily what I want to hear, but, you know, they're willing because they love, they love me and who I am and, and that's and really first and foremost that that's what they get behind, not just the music. You know, they believe in that, but I think they believe in um, the person I am. And and these people that I'm talking about have made me who I am, really. And yeah. um, so, got to give credit to my producer too as well, Bart Butler. He's incredible. Um, he he's one of the you know few producers keeping it real, real country these days, and uh, keeping that classic country he's got a really big respect for um classic country and um he grew up in hondo texas so (laughs) that uh that tells you um a little bit that he came from a place (laughs) in classic country Mm -hmm. but um so i gotta shout out to him and i'm gonna shout out to my boyfriend mitch too because he's been just truly truly just supportive through this and now that i'm pregnant too just continuing to like be like babe you got this like you you're you're amazing you you, the amount of things you've accomplished like especially you know being being 25 weeks pregnant in the music industry and continuing to wake up and work and and do what I love to do and um and he continues to support that and so uh yeah that's 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 the main group of people that are hanging around me and Keeping keeping my head small a lot of the times, which is good, keeping me down to earth, and um, I think that's the biggest thing. I just want people to take away from anything that I do is that I'm I'm just a normal human being like everyone else, and like I said, life happens to me just like it does to other people, and uh, and so just for people to know and and know that they're loved and understand that they're not alone with things in life. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things I'd like to leave with people. Love that. Like I said, you know, we kind of got a third co-host, so we're going to see yes, she's going to get little Chris on I'll real quick. And, and, oh, when we get, I love um, it. and when our 18-month-old daughter gets um, old enough, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. <laughs> I love it. So she'll give a little cry in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are a family affair. And it's funny because I always say we're a family affair. We're a family affair. I just, you know, I created a media company that we're that we're going to be incorporating all that called Family Affair Media. 
Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I think that's so beautiful. I think that is such an amazing thing that you guys do. And that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to, like with being a mom is being able to bring my, my little baby into things and take her, yep. take him or her. I don't know yet that that's, I know on <laughs> Sunday. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so that, that'll yes. come here soon. But um, yeah, but to just take maybe baby on the road and get to experience all of life with, you know, your child is such a beautiful yeah. thing too. So yes, I, I've got, got Christopher it. here. Yeah, he's ready with his question. Here's Christopher. Hi, Mary Siri. What's your favorite food? Hi. What's my favorite food? Ooh, yes. that's a good question right now. <laughs> hmm. I honestly, I love the, have you ever had like the powdered donuts that come in a bag? Yes, I have. That. Have you? That's my favorite food right now. <laughs> I crave it awesome. all the time. And by the way, Christopher, I love your name. That's actually my brother's name, too. Thank you. And what's yeah. your Pizza. Pete, that's, oh, uh, that's definitely my second favorite. <laughs> definitely my second favorite. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye, Christopher. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'll, you know, we're planning on moving to Nashville next year, so I'll, he's going to get to meet a lot of the people we've talked to on here. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. We will we'll definitely have to let me know. We'll have to get together. Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be great. We will. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I love that. So, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that is a loaded question. Um <laughs> you know for me I think there's there gosh there are so many people. I mean mm-hmm. like right off the bat like people like Chris Stapleton come to mind and mm-hmm. But I, I think for me, it's more of like a sentimental thing. And I, I, don't, you know, I don't even know if she wrote her. I know a lot of other people wrote songs for her. But yeah. if I could even just like have a moment to like try to write a song with Patsy Cline. Oh, wow. That would be, be cool, really, really amazing. Oh, yes. And just like mm-hmm. just, to, just to sit down and like chat. Because the thing about a song, like a session and, and songwriting is you're really getting to just know somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And you're sharing your yeah. stories. And being vulnerable, that's the thing about songwriting that, you know, at first when I started songwriting, it was a bit hard because I was scared to, you know, be honest <laughs> about some things. And uh-huh. um, and that's definitely something you have to, you have to be like, you know what, even if I don't, if I don't hardly know this person, like we're, we're trying to yeah. connect with people and, and that takes being mm-hmm. vulnerable. And so people to. Because that's what songwriting is about, being passion. vulnerable. It mm-hmm. is. Exactly. I think, I think fact, the, to continue with what mm-hmm. Patsy did was just be a strong female in country music, like maybe to write a song about that or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, that would be just super <clears throat> encouraging, I think, to young women um, and men, even oh, yeah, just, you know, too. to be strong that's and awesome. independent and beautiful. <laughs> yep. I love so, that. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked this question to Kelsey Ballerini. Where does she want to be in five years? And I always like to tell that story before I ask the artist that same question so they can kind of think about that because five years ago when we asked her that, the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living right now. I mean, it's unbelievable that, that what she said then, she's living. Mm-hmm. So she knew oh where she gosh. was going. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five mm-hmm. years? You know, I really... I hope, I hope, honestly, maybe just continuing to do what I love. And, like, I think definitely in five years I'd love to have, like, a full record. Um, mm-hmm. I've only ever released an EP and I've only ever released singles other than the Bridges record, which was a full record. But, that you know, that was all tributes and singing uh, the artist songs. And so I think, you know, being able to do a full record of my own, um, which I'm, yeah. I've somewhat started here as well, which yeah. is amazing. But you know, I think with creativity, you can't you can't really rush it for the most part. And so, I think just 
taking the time to do that, but have that out and touring and um, maybe be on a bigger tour as well. Um, I've never really done an arena tour. That would be really cool. But I also really love theater tours. So mm-hmm. I think this, I think just doing what I love on a bigger scale um, is where I'd really love to be. And um, yeah, that's, I mean, just happy with my family and being able to, like I said, take my baby on the road with me and <laughs> introduce awesome. my child and music and, and help them to have a um, understanding of country music and where it came from. And, you know, just like I was taught and um, yeah, just have a lot of quality time with friends and family too. I mean, I think just to, just to be happy with the people that I have around me and, and to really you know, I have a great team now, but to continue to build that team and, and have a yeah. team that really, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like loves the Lord. And and mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's like, you know, you're you're representing me as well. And so behind the scenes, it's kind of like, you know, I want you to treat people right and love people and be kind. And, and so to be able to build like a team like that and, um, yeah, that five years yeah. from now, I, I just hope maybe I'm on a headlining a tour maybe. <laughs> there you go. Now, let's say it's five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, whatever it is, but you're a success at whatever level you are at that point. You're mm-hmm. your success. If the person you are now could meet your future successful self, what would you tell her? Mm. Mm. I, I would tell her to stop and smell the roses. <laughs> because I think I a lot of the times we can get caught up with a lot of things and, and life can start to move really quickly and mm. just to continue to step back and be grateful. I think just to remember to be grateful for the things that you have, no matter how big you get and um, yeah. to remember the small things mm-hmm. as well. Um, and like I said, I think that comes with a great team as well of people who, continue to remind you of that that don't let you forget yeah. those things um, as well. So that's, yeah, I'd Love say, that. you know, to smell, stop and smell the roses and be grateful for what you have. <laughs> so oh, awesome. stay, staying on advice, um, mm-hmm. if you, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing, and let's say they've got something special. They definitely have that it factor, like Simon Cowell always talked about, mm-hmm. um, but they have it. But they've, play, they've played mm-hmm. maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. And um, mm-hmm. let's say they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug, and they just mm-hmm. know that they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice mm-hmm. would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? You know, I, um, I would probably say – you know, I, I think it, I think the thing is, is receiving those compliments, like if people are telling you, like, you've got that it factor, you know, receiving that, but also realizing, you know, your talent can't take you to the top. It does take hard work. And so yeah. continue to mm-hmm. work, work on your craft. And even if you think you've gotten to whatever level you want to get to, you continue to work on that because there's always some, somewhere new you can get to. Um, and something better that you can be at, whether it's, you know, playing guitar a little more. Um, or for me, I, I spent, you know, started with vocal lessons. And so taking care of your voice and the hard work behind the scenes that no one sees, um, that truly, I think, is what matters. And, and I think a lot of the times, especially when you come to a town like Nashville, people get lost in um, the fun party side of the industry here. Mm-hmm where, you know, you get to go out mm-hmm. and you have drinks with your buddies and, you know, but then that ends up being almost every night for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. to me, yeah. you know, that's great and all, but if you're not working on your craft, um, you're in someone hands you an opportunity and you're not ready for it. You know, that honestly, that's on you because, you know, you have yeah. the time and, and maybe your priorities are in the wrong place. It's, it's easy to kind of get lost and think, it, it's again, it's that thing uh, that everyone says is FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, I think yeah. everybody kind of mm-hmm. gets a taste of that here because, you know, they're like, oh, well, if I don't go out to this, you know, maybe this person will be there and they won't see me. And, you know, but I so believe that if you are meant to be somewhere, you will be somewhere. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't force it. 
you know, and just continue to keep your focus on the things that matter, um, the relationships that matter as well. Um, don't get lost in all the just extra, extra stuff that yeah. really at the end of the day doesn't matter. Um, you know, that. so continue to just like focus on your priorities and really, you know, <clears throat> make a priorities list. And, you know, so. that, that leads me perfect to, I usually ask this question early in, um, but I wasn't sure if we going to have mm-hmm. enough time to, get this in, but I'm going to get it in here because I think it's a perfect spot for this. But as you you know, because what you're just talking about, but as you know, a lot of people, they see the artist. They see the glory of a Blake, of a Miranda, of a Carrie. Mm -hmm. They don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles Mm -hmm. that it takes to get not just at that level, but even a career level. And I want to, I I always talk about that because nobody does. And I want to make sure that we always talk about that because I think it's one of the most important sides of what it really takes. And I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us on where I want this to go in this last part. But um, Mm -hmm. back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. The question I asked was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist, just like I just uh, talked to to you about. But she, Mm -hmm. I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing anything but music, anything outside of it, then just do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, the moment you want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of your life. Your life changes, has to change, because your friends and yeah. relatives never understand, because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays, but you've got to say no, because mm-hmm. you're grinding, you know, and they don't understand mm-hmm. that, and sometimes you do lose friends because of that. Then on top of that, mm-hmm. your family has to sacrifice, because it's not just about you, it's about your whole family, so they have to give up things to help you rise. Then if that weren't enough, mm-hmm. there's days where you're going to be miserable, but you've got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. Then she added, but yeah. if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because that's the only way that those type of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what like, she said? And let's talk about that side real quick. That, uh, that, I mean, that, that sums up, <laughs> I mean, all of it pretty much. That, that really is the case. I mean, for, I mean, for anything you love, there, there is sacrifice. And so, you know, she's right. There's going to be times where you're not going to maybe want to get on stage. And I've had those days and like it, you know, it isn't perfect. And, um, you know, you have the risk of losing yourself in this town and, and things like mm-hmm. that, that, you know, it, it really is. And I think, I think as artists, we, we come to those moments here uh, every so often where we kind of like reevaluate because this industry yeah. is not easy. It's not easy. I mean, the percentage of making it in this industry is less than making it uh, in the NFL. And yeah. that, like, yeah. that just blows my mind in itself. And so, you're looking at it going like, oh, well, if I just move to Nashville and if I just, you know, but it doesn't stop there. It's a continual hard work. It's continued mm-hmm. sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, I think one of the things with that is like evaluating where, where you really think what, when enough is enough is for success. Like what is success to you? Um, yeah. I think a lot of people, it's never enough. And, you know, and, and so I, for me, I love and I'm so passionate about what I do, but I'm also very, very happy with where I've made it and what I've been able to accomplish in my life and everything. Yeah. And so to, to really, like, evaluate what drives you um, mm-hmm. and that factor as well, too, is it the fame and fortune and, and everyone knowing my name? And, and to me, it's not really, like, about – everyone knowing my name it's about the one person that hears a song that connects with it like I do and Mm. needed to hear that or you know it so it's just kind of evaluating that too um because to me you end up sacrificing when it's for the wrong reasons you end up sacrificing things that you look back and you regret and I think when you're doing it for the right reasons and for the love of just music then you can look back and recognize that like those sacrifices were completely worth it. And, 
you know, maybe that friendship you did lose wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant to be. And, yeah. you know, so I, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the way she summed that up was very beautiful. <laughs> I think it's very, <laughs> very true. <laughs> and that's a great way to end this. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So um, you can find me. I'm on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, it's just Mary Sarah, Sarah with an H. Um, you can also find me on all social platforms. It's just Mary Sarah Music, um, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, um, and then my website is MarySarah.com. Love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having yeah. you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you so much. I absolutely enjoyed it. I love what you guys are about, keeping it with the family. It, it blesses my heart to know that. and. <laughs> Um, I just send you, like, all the best wishes and um, just praying you all get to 300 really quick here soon um, and are able to <laughs> celebrate. Will. And so I'll be celebrating with you yes. when you do. Um, oh, so thank you guys thank so much you. for having me, and I'm just sending blessings your way. Right, oh, we so appreciate day. it. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.